Welcome to Mountaintop Conversations with Allison Felix. I am Wes Felix, co-founder of Sage and the co-host of this show with Allison. On Mountaintop Conversations, we celebrate the stories and experiences of leaders across politics, entrepreneurship, and culture. Each guest has scaled their own personal mountaintop and hopes to light the path for others to scale new heights themselves. We're so glad you're here for season two. So Allison, we are back. How are you feeling about season two? I'm so excited for season two. Um, I just learned so much from season one, from all of our guests. They just had such thoughtful things to say, and I have just really held on to so much of it. So I know that this season is going to be amazing. So many incredible individuals that we're going to talk to and sit down and learn from. So I'm feeling really good. Yeah, me too. I'm super excited about it. So season one, we do not have a favorite guest. Um, All of the guests are our favorites. But were there any real highlights for you of things that stood out from season one? And I can start with one of my own if you want me to go first. Sure, go ahead. Okay, so Stacey Abrams, when she talked about doing nothing at times and how important that was, Mm -hmm. that she wasn't afraid to say that she just watches TV. You know, I feel like that's something that a lot of times you would never think that, like, highly successful people, let alone people who like full-blown saved the American democracy would be saying like, oh, I just watch TV. Like, and that's really important to me. So that was one that really stood out to me. Yeah. I think for me, just Hillary Clinton in general, like just how transparent she was, I thought, I, I don't know, you know, I thought it might be one way and she was just very just down to earth and just normal, you know, which is not what I expected. So I just really enjoyed just the candid conversation that we had with her. Yeah. I mean, and that was um, a bit of a slight flex. Yes. Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams were both on season one. (laughs) Well, this season, we are continuing to learn from some incredible people, starting with today's guest, Natalie Holloway. Natalie is the co-founder of Bala. It's a Los Angeles-based movement company. She's a certified yoga instructor, and she started the company with her eventual husband, Max. For us being sibling co-founders, that sounds crazy. I cannot imagine husband and wife founders, but you know they have made it work. They've made it work so well that they've shipped the first 75,000 Bala Bengals from their garage. That's crazy. 75,000 units from your garage. That's unbelievable. And then they went on Shark Tank. They secured an investment from Mark Cuban and Maria Sharapova. They went from a garage startup to a global brand that Vogue and all of the fashion world is completely obsessed with. Natalie, who went to the Fashion Institute of Technology, and I know this is hard for both of us um, because 2006 Rose Bowl, (laughs) Vince Young running through our defense is still fresh on our minds. Natalie is a University of Texas Longhorn. You know, for you, Natalie, I will say, actually, I won't. I was going to say hook them horns, but, uh, no, but I, I take it back. I take it back. Um, but we are so glad to have you here. Here's our conversation with Natalie Holloway. What was that experience like? You have, you know, Mark Cuban, Maria Sharapova as investors. Um, What's their involvement done for you? But just as an avid Shark Tank watcher, yeah, what was it like? 
I mean, it was it was pretty crazy because you kind of get one shot. So it's like you can't mess up. You have mm-hmm. to like go out there and do your bit. And it's like it was probably the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but, you know, we had one shot to do our like cheesy 80s bit. And then it's crazy because you have like all of these successful people like grilling you um, and they're actually grilling you for like an hour. So you think it's like shorter because you watch the show. Like I was an avid fan. Haven't watched it since because I can't. (laughs) But um, and basically it's it's an hour worth of grilling about your business numbers. Like you don't have a spreadsheet in front of you. Like you have to know everything. And so it's pretty intense, um, but it's all like it was like a very much an energy thing. Like Mark Cuban had like the room, you know, and then everyone else was kind of like following his lead. And it was just super interesting. That's so crazy. I think like to me, I always feel like it's like TV, right? Like and it's probably like oh, not as hard as sitting in, you know, meetings with VCs when you're going to fund and all that. But like an hour long yeah. of grilling. And to like, have to know all the information, like just in your head, that's, I mean. Yeah, like <laughs> doing valuation math in your head with the offers. I was like, I couldn't do that. My husband was doing it and it was pretty intense. And there's a camera on you, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, any facial expression, like they're picking up because they're trying to make drama. So and it all just the adds deals to it. are real, like what they're offering and everything. That's how it ends up. Yeah, well, it doesn't always end up like that. So okay. you have like, due diligence like you would with normal investors several months like we were in due diligence from like September to February right before we aired and I've I've heard a lot of founders who like drop out of the deal or the sharks you know dig under the hood a little because they're not seeing like your actual business information in that meeting they're really just seeing what you're telling them so I'm sure they find some stuff and then they back out so definitely a a lot of deals don't um, happen I'm sure there's deals that even like happen but don't air you know like they say actually like they overfilm it so there's a, a big chance that you go in and you never air which is like that was always in the back of our head too which is scary you know so especially like going through all of that and then just knowing just what it can do for your business for the whole trajectory of your business you know um what made you guys want to go on it's like it's really and at Anytime you like start a business, I feel like people are like, you should go on Shark Tank, especially if you're like bootstrapping it. And so we um, we just heard that at the beginning. And like my husband's aunt, I think one day was like, you guys should really go on Shark Tank. And at that point, I was like just in the mode of like doing a million things because I was like, it was just us two on the brand. We were trying to make it a thing. And so I was just like doing things and not overthinking anything really. And so I just like, sent in an application and they got back to us. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. So cool. That sounds like really like terrifying, but terrifying. also fun. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you've got, you know, Mark Cuban, Maria Sharapova. How's that been? How's it been? And you don't have to give us the nitty gritty. I mean, <laughs> but if you do, it's just, but if you do. just friends here. But, um, but yeah, how's that been? It's been actually really great. Um, they're, I would say they're like, they're not as involved as like what I've heard VC investors and all of these other type of investors will be like, asking for numbers and spreadsheets all the time and decks all the time. It's like a lot of homework. Um, so they don't ask you for anything. So that's what's nice is like they really just let you run the business, but they're there for support. So it's like we'll we'll pull, we'll we'll save our favors. But it's like Mark did a panel with us or Maria will show up at our New York store and do an event. So it's like they're there for just like helping us. And and if I went to them needing business advice or like connections, 
um, they would help too. So it's like nice because they don't really like get in the way. And then I think the clout of always like being able to say there are investors and like Shark went on Shark Tank. I think that's like a forever thing with your brand, like forever your Shark Tank brand. So it's kind I love, of I mean, no that regrets. sounds ideal. Yeah, uh, that's exactly how you want it, you know, to be able to use them for their expertise and to be able to show up. Like you said, it's like, seems like the dream. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So kind of staying on that same thing, like you were on Shark Tank and then the world changes and the world changes, but, but the Bala world changes too. So What's that been like? You know, like you married your co-founder. You've gone from being a dog mom to a human mom. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. How's it been? I, I think like the brother, sister, co-founder. But like, what was that like? Were you guys already together before you started the company? And then you started it together? Or did you guys start it and then we're like, wait, this is special? We basically were, um, we were dating and yeah, so we were dating and the, the idea for Bala came about and essentially I think well we he proposed and then we got married like very quickly in like a rooftop, almost like an elopement, but like in New York. So it's like, can that count? I don't know. Um, but it was just us and we decided like within a week we were getting married and then basically launched Bala like a month later. So wow. it was like all, I guess Bala's always been there since we've been married, but yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. That's really cool. Um, yeah. And then just like this life of, you know, being a mom and a founder um, and, you know, probably more of the two of you to talk about. But yeah, what is what's that like? Yeah. I mean, everyone always says like I always get asked, like, what is your work life balance? Yeah. How do you do it? And I'm just like, I feel like there is no balance. Like I always try to like integrate. But like, how have you found it? Yeah. And I really I'm curious about you, too. But it's I found it like it's yeah, there is no balance, but I think there's a way to make it work for you that mm -hmm. I feel like I've been doing lately where it's like right now we're working from home. And so it's very important to me to like be there for moments, even though I work all the time. It's like making sure I'm there for like key moments, like his first day of school, like he has, he's like too young. So he had to have a chaperone all day. It's like, I took off to do that, you know, like things like that. Or like if he has a pumpkin patch at school, like I'm putting that in my calendar so that I'm not going to meetings that day. So yeah. I try to like really bake him into the like my lifestyle and calendar first so that I get my important moments with him. But also like throughout the day, it's like he naps every day at like 1230 or one. And now he's trying to nap in our bed. So it's like if I don't have a meeting, I'll go put him down and like lay with him for a little bit. So I think like making that little tweak is like really important to like feeling like I'm not just like a working mom who never sees my kid. But I'm curious like your thoughts because you're super busy. Yeah I mean are. I think I try to do the same thing as you you know I make it a priority to be present at home and I think that means like saying no to some things and it's really hard because similar to you you know working all the time and you don't want to miss out on any opportunities but at the same time you want to be mom and you want to do all the things I want to go to the soccer games I want to you know take my daughter trick-or-treat like all of the stuff mm -hmm. and so I think it's like constantly figuring it out and like knowing that you know some days you're not gonna be okay or some days I'm like thriving you know in the business and it's like falling apart at home yeah just like all right that's that's just life right now and now you're about to welcome baby number two. And how are you feeling about that? Congratulations. Thank and you. Are you looking at it the same way of just like managing, you know, motherhood and your growing family and your growing business? 
Yeah. Like trying to look at it the same way, like kind of, as you said too, it's just like, it's going to be crazy to have two. I'm like, how is that going to work out? But it's like, I have my mom who helps and that's really nice. And I think it's like very much baking into your lifestyle and having a good nanny, which in my case is my mom. And so it's just, that's part of it. But But help is everything. I mean, I just, I had no idea. And it's like, if you don't have that help, whatever your support system looks like, you just, you can feel like you're drowning. So I love that you have the help. Um, and I also know with baby number one, you use hypnobirthing. And I was like all about hypnobirthing. Yeah. I like took the classes and I thought I was going to have like this beautiful natural experience and like it didn't go that way. But I'm just curious, how was your experience or not? Are you planning to do the same with, with baby number two? Yeah, well, I did. Yeah, I did like hypnobirthing tapes every single day and really zenned it out. I wanted this like amazing natural experience as natural as you can in a hospital. And and then everything went wrong too. So I actually mm. had ended up having like every medical thing go wrong. He was in the oh, NICU wow. for a week. So it's like, it just goes to show you like can't, that's how life is. You can't plan it. You can, you can think it's going to go a certain way, but what about you? Your experience was not it, so yeah, great. It wasn't so great either. I had a severe case of preeclampsia and um yeah we did a month in the NICU and so all of the things oh my gosh see I I thought a week was bad but a month it's it's all hard though it's just such a heavy place to be and I'm just so grateful that you know we came out on the other side of it but it's um it's challenging you know I think that like one of the things just with Allison while Cameron was in the NICU like going and visiting like one of the things that always really stood out to me just the machines, the beeping, the like, the kind of sounds that you can't escape, you know, that you hear them somewhere else. And it just kind of takes you back like this sound that just like pulls you back to this place that just as a parent, I cannot imagine what, what you both felt there. And I think like Presley, like, yeah, we had no idea that that was, was your experience too. But I think it makes, it just makes the idea of working moms finding each other like that, it just makes it so much more important. Like this place where you can find other other people in your same place, like that idea, the overused word of community, but like how you guys can really like put that together. I think like on that, it just makes me kind of think like, what, what, is, what does that mean for you? How do you find other working moms? Like where, do, where does that connection happen for the two of you? Do you have it? Like, is there a place you go for it? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's been interesting now. It's like through school, you know, through my daughter's school and connecting with like other parents there and um, moms who are very busy and we're, you know, we're building friendships based on, you know, the kids, but also like, you know, being in this working world. And I think sometimes it's other friends who are just, you know, previous friends and, you know, you're coming into this new world at the same time. Um, I'm curious your experience. Yeah, I think it's like mine. It's interesting because a lot of my LA friends like weren't having babies. It was like my San Diego and my Austin friends. So I found community in them, but it's like, they're not in LA. So now it's like, I think it's like making an effort when you do meet somebody that is like also a mom. And so I have met a few people like either in my neighborhood or at his school. And it's like, you know, you, then you really have to make the effort both of you. Cause it's like kind of starting a new new friendship, but also it's easy because it's like a play date. You could do that any day, you know? So, but I do think that's incredibly important because you just need like a strong support system and community totally. and like, and it's also like so much easier if you go on a play date and just let the kids run around and play versus mm-hmm. like just entertaining the one kid. It's like, it's different, yes. you know? So. <laughs> 
So I'm sure my questions are probably dumb, but because I'm a dude and I don't have a kid, but like, so do you ever feel as working moms, do you ever feel like judgment from non-working moms, from moms who are moms only, but don't work? I feel... Long pause. I know, we're like, (laughs) I haven't felt judgment in my experience so far. I think what I feel more than anything is my own like guilt. Like I feel like that's, that can be overwhelming, you know, whether it's, I feel like it's hard to find time for me, you know, because it's, you're working all the time. And then when you're not working, then you're present at home. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like, so then there's no time left. (laughs) It's like, okay, well, when I just want to do something basic for myself, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking like, oh, I want to get my hair done. I want to look like a hot mess in these streets. But there's, no time to do that. So I think it's like figuring out like, okay, what does that look like? But the judgment I, and that's something that I thought like may have been a thing, but I feel like everyone is like trying to figure out their own thing. And you're like, you're just trying to do the best that you can. And so, so far, at least I haven't felt it. Yeah. I mean, I would say I like, I agree. I think, well, my, I mean, my best friend is a a stay at home mom and I'm like opposite. I'm running a business and and I would say like, this is a good example because if anything, we just judge ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, so it's like, it's mom guilt. Like she has mom guilt because of all the things, she, whatever she has it about. And I have it if I'm ever not present or if I have to go on a work trip and be away for two or three days. So I think it's like, it's your own. A lot of times I'm sure there is like big little lies style momming <laughs> out there, but I'm sure I'll, we'll get it when the kids are older or something yeah. at school. <laughs> but um, I think it's like, like judgment on yourself is very real and mom guilt. Like I feel so guilty all the time. Yeah. Just any, for any reason I have to go take a call. Like, yeah. Like, you know, normal things. Yeah. I think I also just the massive respect for stay at home moms, you know, or stay at home parents. Like it's so hard. I, I kind of feel like, I don't know. I don't know if I could do that, you know? That's so way harder than like, I think so too. Running a company because <laughs> honestly, I just, you're with the kid all day mm-hmm. long. You don't get like there's the no relief. breaks. You don't what, talk to other adult adults. Life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. I feel like that is hard. Yeah. I think when you're moving into, you know, this space where you're about to welcome another baby and you're busy, you're doing all the things at work. What are you doing to stay holistically healthy? Is that a part of, you know, your, your plan right yeah, now? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, it's kind of like mentioned it a little bit earlier, but like putting the things that, you know, my wellness into my calendar mm. early on so that I know like, like example, it's like a monthly facial. It sounds stupid, but that's like part of it's my wellness yeah. routine is like, you know, and so it, and make sure that that's like on the calendar and if it has to move, it has to move. But it's like, you know, making sure that or like a yoga class, like mm-hmm. anything that is like in, important to my well-being, like I've been going on daily walks, like just making sure that I prioritize these things because the work will be there. Whether you wake up and walk to a coffee shop and then start work or start work and get crazy, you know, it's like the work's like doesn't really change. In in fact, you're probably more productive if you went on the walk. So I think like trying to just make sure it's like it's built in to your schedule. Yeah. Okay. So I have questions about the walk because (laughs) hot girl walks. Yes. um, I feel like there's a bunch. What are the other ones? There's like mental health walks. Mm. Um, those feel very different. But like <laughs> there's, it feels like walking's having a moment. Yeah. And um, again, definitely not a hot girl. But like, <laughs> I think that I feel guilt around walking. And it's something that like feels amazing. 
like it's so like restorative, right? Like it 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 isn't this thing of like, oh, I just don't want to go for my walk today. You know, like mm-hmm. I think it feels super easy. Um, how have you found that? Like with being a yoga instructor, you know, like being certified, like having all of like being able to do these really incredible, intense things with your mm-hmm. body now saying that like a great form of movement is walking like how does that how do you reconcile it because i feel like i struggle with it but how do you reconcile it and then i would love to hear kind of from an actual athlete like (laughs) you too of yeah like allison like what would you ever go for a walk would you ever call that a workout like so you can think of an appropriate answer (laughs) (laughs) i'm very curious about that I think that's interesting. I I feel like it's like a walk on top of anything mm, you're going to do. Mm. Or like right now when I'm pregnant, it's like I'm mostly just like walking. Yeah. <laughs> An yeah, occasional yeah. workout. But it's like so I feel like usually it's like it's like maybe on top of. But I but again, being pregnant six months right now, I'm like if I walk every day for the rest of my pregnancy. But I also live in a very hilly neighborhood. So these are hard walks. These they are, are not yeah. easy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I will say that that. But that's interesting. These are hot girl hill view. walks. Okay. Love a hot yeah. girl hill walk. Yeah. yeah add in <laughs> the, the hill. The hill. But yeah. I'm very curious. <laughs> I feel like I feel similar to you that it would be a walk on top of something. I don't think I. But I don't know. Those hills do change the game. Like, like if you it's try cardio. To, yeah, for sure. And if you really like get after it. Um, but I don't. I had a coach tell me that, you know, that walking is the closest thing to sprinting, you know, and like technically and just all of that. And so. No, not all of that. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's, you know, it, it's beneficial to running and, um, into the, to that movement. And so I think I've held walking in high regard. Um, that's actually such a good point because I I do think that like that, the like technical movement part of it, that in a walk, you, you pull your leg back. And so you activate the hamstring Mm -hmm. in a jog you don't use the hamstring as much. Like you're like using more of the quads as you're like pushing forward. But then in sprinting, it's so much hamstring, you know? So it makes sense that it's closer to that. It's really interesting too, that maybe the walk is actually doing a whole lot more than we Hey, and if you add a stroller, stroller, hill. Hot girl, stroller, hill Yeah, like now we're we're working out. With a group of of working moms. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. there's there's a lot there. Okay, so switching gears just a little bit, um, back to business. Um, you know, Ball has gone through a lot of seasons. So going to guess on some seasons here. So you've got like launching, Shark Take season, the blowing up during COVID season, a post-COVID season. Like, are there are there seasons there we're missing? And then, you know, how do you like, what have you learned during those kind of four core seasons, um, starting with like launch, then to Shark Tank, then to COVID and then post COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been like a little bit of a roller coaster. And I think especially with Bala, because any fitness brand during COVID, like really, and I'm sure you guys weren't around during COVID, right? Unfortunately. Okay. Cause enough, I'm like, you guys would have probably <laughs> been, you know, like certain brands like loungewear, like yeah. I yeah. feel like sneakers could have been a thing then too with the hot girl walks. Um, but basically it's like, it was, it's like extremely volatile, you know, it's like saw this like crazy growth and then, and then everybody's seen like a little bit of a slowdown lately with the potential recession, rising customer acquisition costs. So it's like, 
it really has been a roller coaster ride. And I think it's like, we're like, we're still learning and we're still on it. Cause it's just like, like, you know, very up and down. And it was such a, such a high during COVID at least like just scaling. And so I think there's a lot, um, we learned a lot from like growing our team to like, from like four people that were all family members to at one point, like 24. And then we had to lay off like six people, you know, it's like, it's just been like, a lot of highs and lows and just like trying to learn throughout that and being like, okay, this is all for a reason. And I think early days it was like a grind story and like just making like, this is going to work out, you know? And then when you look at the times that are down times, like laying people off, it's like, you kind of go back to the grind, you know? So it's yeah. like, it's kind of a roller coaster. And, but I do think, you know, COVID definitely put the brand COVID and Shark Tank put the brand on the map and then like kind of gave us like this like this like shelf to sit on that way we, we like have a brand we have a large customer base so it's like th very thankful for that season for sure but then it's just kind of like all of this yeah. turbulence and yeah. kind of just keep going i think it's interesting like even that word you know seasons and looking at it that way that it's like you know you have your favorite parts you may have your favorite season right where you just view it as all upside but like there is no season that's perfect if your favorite season summer there will be days during summer where it will just be too hot and like it's hard you know or favorite season winter it's going to be the days where it's just too cold and so it is like this constant you're going to have highs you're going to have lows i think you know just as like three founders sitting here it is um it's really crazy how you can experience insane highs that like you never thought you ever would. I know like for us, a moment was winning Oprah's favorite things, like just like this insane, mm -hmm. like what? Like it can't even say like it's, I've always dreamt of it. Like it was beyond even yeah. what a dream would be, you know? And, and then you can go to those hard, hard conversations where you're letting people go, you know, and you're restructuring a department and Sometimes that's your fancy word of saying like, ah, we got to let people go. Or sometimes you're really just restructuring because it's what's best for the business. And I think that that, that like being a founder, it is so important to hold on to that, the seasons, right. And know that there's going to be these like extreme waves, but hopefully you find the middle mm -hmm. and you start to find that balance, just like all the other things you guys are talking about, like in real life, um, in real life too. But for you, Allison, as a founder, like, have you found, how have you found like some of the highs and lows and especially like related to maybe sports too, like what some of those highs and lows look like? Yeah, I think it's similar. I feel like in sports, the highs, um, it's amazing, but for me, it was always like, okay, well, that's kind of expected. Um, and so the high didn't feel as high, mm -hmm. but then the low is like devastating because it's like, okay, well, everybody expected you to do well. And it's just, it's been tough. And I think that's kind of like the lens that I look at things with anyways. So if there's a high moment, it's like, okay, this, that's great. But I don't know. I don't really allow myself to fully, you know, feel it all because I'm not sure what's coming next or, you know, but the lows, it's kind of like those really like they're heavy and they sit with you and, just it's a lot so yeah, yeah it's a journey yeah for sure a journey finding the balance yeah um so i think like you know for us as a brand sage we we really you know we say we want to restore balance 
right? Like that that's like a, one of our big commitments is we want to create balanced gender equity um, in the world. And one of the ways that we try to do that is through our maternity returns policy, which Natalie, you've been so gracious to, uh, to champion with us and to join us as the first non-Allison face <laughs> of our maternity returns policy. Um, but, you know, Allison, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is and why we created it? And, um, and then Natalie, I'd love to hear why you were willing to, to join us with it. Yeah, I'm really proud of our maternity returns policy. And so basically, which a lot of people didn't realize that, you know, a woman's foot can change size due to pregnancy. And oftentimes that change in size is permanent. And so that was my experience and a lot of my girlfriend's experiences. And they had to get rid of all their shoes. And for us, we just felt like here is a place where we can see women. Um, and we can say that you don't have to choose between, you know, motherhood and anything else. So if you have our, our shoes and um, if your foot changes size due to pregnancy, you know, we'll give you a pair of shoes in your new size. And I think it's just a way to 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 see women and to value them. And, um, you know, just it might feel small, but it's something that I hope we can really like just push the industry on. And we're so grateful that you are you've joined us, you know, in this effort and just bringing awareness to it. Yeah, we like literally just finished the photo shoot and Natalie was unbelievable. <laughs> the photos look so good, like super excited. I think by the time you guys hear this, like hopefully they'll be out in the world. But it was it was just such a great and fun experience. But yeah, why'd you decide to join us on this? Well, I'm honored that you guys asked me, <laughs> but I think it's like, I think it's like, you said it may be a small thing, but I think it's actually like, it's a big thing, you know, because it is like, it's, it's saying so much more than just like, oh, you can return your shoes because maybe, maybe they will, maybe they won't. But it's really just like that you are standing with women and that, and then your, your powerful story behind it. Like, I just feel like it's like, it's, it, it tells, tells a lot about the story of your actual brand and how you are like female first and like the issues or that females have to deal with. And, um, especially like if you are a mother. And so I just feel like it, like it's a, it's a bigger statement, a bigger brand statement that is like very important to your story. And especially when you get into the backstory about, you know, why you did it, um, which I find very interesting, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to be part of this. We're, we are excited. So to excited. Have you. Yeah. <laughs> super excited to have you. So these are called mountaintop conversations. And, you know, we really we look at this as a time where, you know, we want to understand what what makes you you and, and kind of like what has gotten you to be a person that I think the world looks at and says, like, you've you've experienced a mountaintop moment. You're in the middle of a mountaintop moment, but something that someone looks at and says, like, wow, you've done it. I hope I get to do that, too. Um, and so, you know, with that, I, I always love this question of what's your mountaintop moment. And so we'll be asking you that, but first I'm going to start with Allison. Um, and I feel like what I love about it is I don't know if Allison could tell me when I asked her this, you know, during season one, um, if she would remember what that mountaintop moment is, which she might, but like, mm -hmm. I feel like it's something that changes constantly, you know, and it's something that grows with us and, um, and evolves with us. So, um, Allison, maybe you can tell us what has your mountaintop moment been? And then Natalie, we'd love to hear yours. Yeah, I think I the thing I really love about these conversations is so many times, you know, you think 
you know what the mountaintop moment is going to be. And then you sit down and you talk with someone and you're like, wow, I never would have thought that would have been your mountaintop moment. Um, and I was kind of reflecting on like, okay, what is my moment? And I, I think there's different moments, like you're saying, Wes, like they change and um, you experience multiple ones. But the one that I'm thinking of today has just been the past, my last Olympics and just... Um, you know, it was my first as a mother, first, you know, being able to compete in shoes that our brand made. And um, just the first time that I had an experience where I got on the line and I wasn't thinking fully about the medal. You know, I wasn't thinking about necessarily the time, but it was like a victory to get to the starting line. It was a victory to know that you know, I was this representation for other people, for mothers, you know, for people who had been told that their story was over. Um, and knowing that my daughter is watching, you know, it was just like a whole nother level. So it was a really incredible experience. And then to be, to get done and then say, you know, I'm going to be going into my next thing. And how can I kind of try to help the next person coming up? How can I give back? And um, what does that look like? You know, if it's a mentorship or whatever it is, but I think that was the moment and just then kind of reframing and of saying like, okay, I, I want to help the next person to have their moment as well. I love that. Yeah. And I think um, a couple of just notes to your mountaintop moment. One, your daughter watching, I was there with her five o'clock in the morning. Um, your daughter was, was she actually watching? She or? was sleeping. Your okay. daughter was sleeping. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I hope she saw it at some point. Yeah, no, but she did. She did kind of wake up and, you know, she was very excited to see you, you know, Aww. when, when you went over to NBC and they came over and, uh, you know, and, and Cameron was able to like FaceTime with you real time. Which I was really upset about because I called you guys before that moment. This is a true story. And they didn't then. answer. And they didn't answer. Uh -uh. I was like, this and is, you're in the Olympics. Yes. I'm literally, I had you snuck You guys are sitting phone. there watching TV. <laughs> yeah. We're I sitting there. I my phone into like, you know, you're not supposed to take your phones out. I like got my phone. Here I am. I just like crossed the finish line. Well, it was a little bit after that because I had to recover. But, you know, I FaceTimed and they didn't answer. But then it was. Yeah, it's I because understood. we were all sitting there around the computer, like full blown, like ready to surprise you on NBC. It was great. Oh, um, I so think funny. the other thing is, you know, and this will be for another time. But do you remember the sermon that your brother gave you the night before? How could you I forget? What do you just do you remember the I title? Forget? What was it called? Just I would I, mean, I would for the people. I would say it would be about running free. Oh, I yeah, like that so. title. That's better than the title I had. <laughs> uh, mine was mine was bronze as the new gold, but um, yeah, I didn't really like that. <laughs> oh, she didn't like that title. So. Uh, running free, yes. running free. Okay, cool. Um, back mm -hmm. to serious, important things. Natalie, what would your mountaintop moment be? I think there are, as you said, like there are many, you know, it's like if you're talking about motherhood, it's like giving birth, like, you know, that you could go into that. But if we're talking about business, I think, um, I think I had a little bit of an aha moment when, you know, there's various like panels and podcasts where you're like, oh, okay, I can like kind of give people words of wisdom. But then um, there was the, there, I think I got, I got invited to be on this, like essentially this app where people book calls with other people for advice. It could be like founders or interior designers or just like experts in certain fields. And then, so I was like, you know, a little bit of imposter syndrome, like why would anybody pay to mm -hmm. talk to me sort of mm -hmm. thing. Um, but then I think I got my first booking and had the call. And then I, I kind of had an aha moment where I realized like I have gone through like the turbulence I mentioned, like a company mm -hmm. that like was bootstrapped and then grew 
enormously and then had to like, you know, level set a little, you know, been through a lot business wise. And I always like my husband, and I always talk about how, like, if we started another brand, oh we'd be like five so, years ahead so with all, all of the, the tips yeah. and tricks. And, yeah. And all the things, you know, that, you know, um, and so I think that I just had that aha moment. Like I can actually like help people and like give back in this sort of area where, you know, somebody dials me on this app and it's like they're asking how to like start their t-shirt brand and I'm like I'll tell you exactly how to and what not to do you know so I think that's been like a little bit of a revelation lately and I, I want to like kind of go that path where I just feel like there's so many people out there that are starting their own thing and um, I feel like I have a lot of wisdom to help them through it from what I've learned the last five years so I just that was probably my mountaintop moment where I'm like I want to bring people along because it's like you know, just all the success can be shared among everyone in the world, you know? So it's like, I think being able to like give somebody the wisdom I've learned has been like really yeah, fr I love that. fruitful for me. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's so cool. <laughs> I feel like it is. It's like, it's one of those things where you have the people that help you along the way. And, you know, and I think that what's so crazy is that feeling of the imposter syndrome, right? That like, nobody's trying to hear what I went through. And then, you know, you think of as you look at the people that you wanted to hear from, what made them so incredibly special, right? And it was just probably that they did a thing that you'd heard of and you thought the thing was amazing. And so you wanted to hear their perspective on it. Yeah. You know, like Allison and I had a little bit of a moment like that a couple of weeks ago at an event. And for me, I saw kind of like my like business, Michael Jordan. And I remember like saying to Allison as we're like walking, I'm like, look, there he is. That's him. It's right there. <laughs> And, you know, he's like a black businessman. And I'm like, it's just the coolest thing ever. And um, and then he came over and he said hi. And he was like, so how's the business going? And I like literally almost like <laughs> oh my fell gosh. out. I, like, I, was I like, have to know who this is. I, I don't know like, if you'll oh say it on air. But <laughs> I was like, oh, like it just, well, you know, I was like, he knows we exist, you know, like. And so I think it those things, like just someone knowing you exist yeah. in the real world, mm -hmm. in the business world, like just knowing that you someone recognizing you seeing you you know and saying like how just literally how are you how's it going um for me it was like everything you know it was so exciting and inspiring so yeah. um mr robert smith thank you very much for knowing we exist <laughs> that is awesome yes <laughs> yeah. um so i mean that kind of for us that uh that wraps up this time but i think that you know this this isn't something we've talked about, but I'd, I'd love to know, you were saying that like, you do have a lot of wisdom to give. Um, what would you, what's the wisdom? What's kind of the bite size, like parting words, the thing that you would say, and it doesn't have to be about business, but just, just about life. Like, what would you say to people to help them uh, remember to keep going? I think everything is temporary. Nothing mm. is permanent. I think it's like a little bit of what we've already been like touching on, but it's like, that is really helpful to both really enjoy because you know it's hard to enjoy the wins because you're like you have like so much more to do and yeah. so much you know like this is like oh but then what's ne next but really it's important to joy enjoy the wins and the highs and so it's like that that nothing like is permanent helps you really enjoy the wins but then also helps you like get through the tough times the lows like this will pass like every it may take 10 days of sadness but then I'll be better, you know, whatever it is. And so I think like just like grasping the concept of that. I love that. Things are always changing and that's just life. Yeah. 
I'm definitely going to hold on to that. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Perfect yeah. parting words. So, <laughs> yes. Natalie, thank you so much. Yeah, thank we appreciate you. you. Yeah, so, so inspired by you. Thanks to Natalie Holloway. You'll be seeing a lot more of her and we're honored to partner with her in our maternity returns policy. Make sure you spend time learning more about her company, Bala, as well as on her Instagram. All of those links are below in the show notes. Allison, Natalie is absolutely incredible. But what stood out to you about what Natalie shared with us today? There were so many gems that I felt like she shared, but I love how she talked about just her wellness and, you know, taking walks and making time to be present at home, like making that a priority. So that's something I really, um, I really loved. And I want to incorporate that into my life as well. Yeah. I, I know as we talked about Natalie being the next face of maternity returns, we felt like it was just so fitting. But what about her really stood out that made you want her to be the face of maternity returns? I really love the way that Natalie is thinking about giving back and wanting to help other women and even just thinking about what she's been able to accomplish with her company and how she sees that to be able to help others. And that's the type of person who just understands and gets what our vision for the company is and maternity returns, you know, and she, you know, as a mother and as someone who's growing her family, like really sees the importance of that and what that means and how, um, you know, what that message sends to other women. So I think that she is a perfect person to champion this effort. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. I mean, I think that, you know, we we talk about why Seish exists and Seish exists because women deserve better than what they're getting. And I think that, you know, Natalie completely, she understands that. She not only understands it, but she's like doing something about it in what she's building and creating and putting out in the world. Um, yeah, I can't really think of someone that would be too much better to, to be the next face of it. Um, was there anything that really stood out to you about her mountaintop experience? I think just the journey, you know, that there are so many ups and downs and that's whether you're starting a business or you are a mother at home or whatever you're doing, like you're going to have those moments of success, but you're also going to have the hard moments. And I love how she talked about, you know, really like celebrating those victories because we need them. And that's something that I feel like is so sometimes is so challenging to do, but um, but it's so important. Yeah, perfect takeaway that we've got to celebrate the wins. We've got to stop, pause, celebrate the wins. Allison, thank you so much. And thank you all for spending time with us this week. We hope that as you scale your own mountaintop, you'll take time to reflect on the lessons you're learning and the opportunities you'll have to inspire others. <laughs>